Good morning. Welcome to the game room. We're doing a new podcast episode. This is your host, The Lefty. Uh, I haven't done one of these in a minute, but it's okay. We're going to get into some uh, some of my experiences recently in the announcement of the new Dissidia Final Fantasy fighting game that's going to be coming out. I just saw some screenshots and videos of that. Um, we'll go into all this here in just a second. All right, so um, where do I start? So let me give you some uh, uh, backstory here. So uh, I don't normally go to this certain place uh, by work. It's uh, I work in the military, and there is a soldier, military, naval, airborne, air force, everybody recreation center. Okay, and what they do is they have they have TVs in there. They have consoles you can rent out uh, using your ID card, and you can basically play. It's kind of like a poor man's console arcade, okay, and for the longest time, there wasn't anybody in there playing anything that I gave a shit about, so, you know, sometimes you'd see people playing Dark Souls, but they wouldn't be playing online, which, what the hell, like, what is that, um, you could run into some people playing lots of Street Fighter 4, a little bit of Street Fighter 5, and that was about it, and Tekken Tag, I mean, they didn't even have the disc. Like, you had to bring your own copy of the game in there to, to get people to play it, you know. And um, it's really full of uh, scrubs and tryhards and mashers for the longest time. So I just gave up on it. I did never, ever, ever went in there. Well, last weekend, I, um, I it was the end of the week, and I got off a little early, and I said, you know, let me stop in there and see what's been transpiring, what's been going on in there, if they have the new, I was looking to see if they, they had the new, uh, Injustice game, because they usually seem to get all the newest stuff, they just don't ever have anybody playing it, and so I go in there, and I'm about ready to, uh, rent out the copy of Injustice 2 to try it out, because I still have yet to play it, I have not played it yet, and, uh, lo and behold, on the very first TV, people are playing Tekken 7, and there's like six or seven people over there, and I'm like, okay, cool, kick ass, let's, let's go over there and see what this, this, what these guys are up to, what they're, what they're doing, and I go over there, and you can tell, like, they're already a little weirded out that I'm just standing there watching them, so I sat down in a chair in the back and just let them go, and, and to put it in, you know, put it, to kind of paint a picture for you, we, uh, there's like six or seven couches, like, around this big old TV, so there's lots of room to stretch out and, and watch or play on your phone or whatever, right? So, I'm sitting there, I'm just kind of playing on my phone, I'm glancing up once in a while, and finally one of these guys is like, do you play this, are you any good? And I told him, I said, look, you know, I played Tekken Tag a lot, but I haven't really played much of Seven, which is the honest to God truth, I really haven't. But with Tekken, much like most fighting games, if you have skills and fundamentals build up in one game, it usually transfers over pretty easily, or at least substantially helps your game when you're in the new one. So I sit down, I start playing, and you can tell these guys are... Oh, man. Like, And I'm not picking on them for being bad, and I'm not even going that route. A lot of them had really good um, understanding of certain aspects of the game. Like, one kid was really, really good at sidestepping stuff. Another good, another character was really good at, at picking up, uh, like, when he could punish and when he couldn't. 
Like, he understood the stunt animations and the staggers and stuff like that, which is basic level stuff, but they had it figured out. So I was like, okay, cool, maybe I can actually play a little bit and, and maybe work on some stuff with these guys and, and see how it transpires. Well, it turned into just a slaughterhouse. I mean, I maybe lost two or three rounds, but I never lost a match, and I think I played 25 or 30 matches. Like, and that's unheard of for me. Like, I am usually the guy that goes to the tournament and is two outs. You know, I, I play one and lose it. I play another match, lose it, and I'm out, you know. Um, I usually sit and watch. I pick up on things. I watch recordings of the what I do wrong, and I just kind of build off that. Now, am I a better player now than I was two, three, four years ago? I would say definitely. But am I at the level where I can just start hanging with the big dogs and, and not have any problems? No, I'm, I'm not to that level yet. I'm not that good. Um, but these guys had seen, like, 80% of the stuff I was pointing out to them. And it was really, to me, it was it was uplifting because I'm winning when I normally don't. But it also felt really good to teach these guys something. And, and it was interesting because not a single one got salty and walked off. They traded controllers. I let them play each other too. Like I was, I was trying to be decent with them about it, and it was all in all just a, a really good experience. And um, and I tell you this whole long spiel to get into this, okay? So multiple guys playing were just mashing the buttons, and if you're not hip to the lingo or you just jumped on this podcast to see what the hell, what is this all about. Um, we talk a lot about Tekken and stuff and, and fighting games in general. And there's a lot of, there's a glossary of terms that get thrown around in here, especially with some of my cohorts and my, my cohorts rather. They don't usually host with me or talk with me, but they, it's a, it's a, you know, all these, these terms are synonymous with the fighting game community. So mashing is literally what you think it sounds like. You're taking a damn potato masher and you're mashing in a bowl of potatoes and you're just going ham. Picture that, but it's a bowl of buttons. You're just beating the living shit out of these buttons, hoping something cool and magical is going to happen. You have next to no strategy. You have next to no understanding of what you're doing and why. You have no understanding of taking turns, which is a big thing in fighting games that people don't seem to realize until they've got at least 10 hours into the game that you have to take turns um, or more. I mean, shit, there's players online that have thousands of matches that I've seen don't understand what taking turns is all about. Um, But going back into the mashing, so these guys were beating on the buttons, uh, getting frustrated, and it got to the point where I was just using them as spacing practice, where I would just run up to them, backdash a few dashes back, and just let them flail like 12 feet from me and just test stuff. You know, with Fang, I was testing his his uh, his up forward two, which is up forward right punch or triangle, his sidestepping palm. Uh, I was testing back one and just seeing what kind of property differences there were. Like, I was just playing around, basically. And these guys thought I was God-tier. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not. I'm not that good. I'm trying to explain to them, like, these are some of the things you need to do. You need to work on this. You need to work on this. Well, then I got to this king player. And he was supposedly the best guy in the whole shebang, okay? Not just out of this group of eight, but, like, all the 30-something guys that supposedly play up here. Mind you, I've never seen any of these people before. Never seen them at tournaments, never seen them at events, never seen them 
on Zaibatsu forums, never heard or seen any of these people. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna, you know, gonna gonna let this guy go. So I pick Law. I wasn't playing Law previously. Pick Law, and I'm gonna go gonna go hard on this guy. I didn't need to. This guy was literally beating himself, and it was it was sad. He had a couple of the chain throws down. He knew what Shining Wizard was, which is a running throw that King has. If you're not hip to that, um, you have to hit both punches to break it. It's, you know, at least you used to. I don't know if you have to do it seven. I don't see. And, th- and this is my background to this. So if you're just tuning in, never done this before, never listened to me, uh, I play a lot of the Tekken from way back, okay? I play a lot of really obscure, weird shit. And, uh... I don't get on Tekken 7 as much as I'd really like to, and I don't play with a lot of the big players I used to play with. And it's just because, I mean, I have no excuse. I should make more time for it. But unfortunately, with my job, the hours I keep, and what goes on at home, I really don't have the luxury of going to every tournament or going to every practice session they have weekly. I I try. I always try to add them as a maybe on Facebook, but I don't always go to all the events. But... So, basically, this guy was, he knew his juggles, and this is something I've talked about previously, is there's, juggles don't make a player, okay? You might have known or recorded or seen the best players and and mimicked their best juggle hundreds of times in practice mode, but if you don't have the fundamentals and the understanding to land a launcher... Uh, effectively and scare me into getting launched by making mistakes, there is no reason for you to focus that much time and energy on an 80 or 90 point juggle. There's just no point. Um, you should be focusing on spacing, backdash canceling, and your punishment. Those are your three things that you should probably focus on first. Okay? And with King, probably focusing on what gives him the scare tactics or the scare factor to get what he needs. His back one, his up forward four, you know, his his things that are going to give you launches or opportunities to do damage. Um, but really, this guy, he just wanted to be flashy and do air throws. So he wasn't even doing full combos. He was like launching me up in the air and grabbing me. And it, it was really cheesy and stupid. It wasn't good. And I was explaining it to him very politely, very nicely, like, hey, man, you know, that's pretty cool. Did you know you could do this, this, and this afterwards? And the guy was receptive. He was like, no, I didn't know that. Cool. Got it. And, um, you know, all in all, it was a good experience. Um, I liked it. It was fun. But what I noticed is, is I, in that one session, I made a name for myself, apparently. So between all these guys talking to all their guys and all their friends, like, it basically turned into, if you see this guy named Mike, don't fucking play him. And that's, and that's what happened. So I went the, uh, God, was it Saturday? I went either Saturday, it was last weekend. So I went like Friday or Saturday, the very next day after the, that first encounter, I stopped over there during lunch. And I stopped during lunch, just wanted to see if anybody was in there, to see if they were actually using any of the stuff that I, that I shown them or whatever. Out of the eight players that were there, there was one guy, and he literally sighed and did not want to play me when he saw me and my you know and this this is kind of going off on a tangent I'm just talking just to talk at this point because there's so much coming out of this scenario that we could talk about um if you want to get better you've got to play better players you've got to expose yourself to the loss you got to expose yourself to your weaknesses. you got to bring them out to the forefront so that you can put a spotlight on it 
and figure out what you're doing wrong and why you're losing. That's that is that is fighting games 101. If you think you're good because you beat your little brother in your basement all the time, that doesn't make you good. Your pride has to fall. You have to lose your pride. And this guy did not want to fight me at all because he knew that I was going to tell him different things and show him different things and make it a teaching experience. And I even told him, I was like, dude, if you don't want me to say anything, I won't say anything. You know, if you don't want to play me, it's cool. I'll just, I'll go somewhere else. And you could tell he was like, well, you can play. Like he basically was, was basically like foregoing what he really felt, which was, I really don't want to play you because I don't want to lose and said, no, you can play. And then got all pissed off every time he lost. And it's like, you're not taking these losses and doing anything with them. You know, um, it it was just really sad. It was really sad. I'm going to pause it right here and, uh, I'm going to get into work here and then I will continue this in a minute. All right, we're back. So you're listening to the game room. We were just talking about, uh, situations where I ran into some guys playing locally and it turned into a bloodbath. So, uh, so this guy, I was playing this, this guy, he was a Fang player, uh, was getting like, visually and physically upset that he was losing and I started trying to show him stuff and you could tell he shut down so what I did is I basically just I just shut down too like I wasn't being scrubby I wasn't being cheesy I just started using him as a practice tool um you know I was using the clock rundown method um if you've never practice this way it's a it's a good idea i think i've mentioned it like shit like umpteen episodes ago um if you're playing players that are lower skilled than you that does not mean it's a freebie and you can just throw out crazy stuff you can uh you can throw out crazy stuff and impress them and make them look you know like they're silly but what i like to do is try to make every opportunity that you're on the game a practice experience something that's going to help benefit you um and a good way to do that is handicap yourself or train yourself to work in a way that puts you, how do I say it? It forces more of a tournament mindset in you as a player. So it doesn't matter what you're dealing with on the other side of the controller or pad or stick or whatever. It's it's more important how you react to whatever comes, okay? So a good way to do that is, is a timer. So what you can do is keep an eye on the clock, as long as I don't have it on infinite time, which, what the fuck, um, that was something else I had to fix on there too. Um, so what's important in this way of practicing is is learning the uh, clutch, okay? So what I would do is I, was wait, I would wait till I was like 50% health or less and only have like 30 seconds left on the clock. And that's when I would start being offensive. And what that does is that, A, the whole, that gives them, the opponent, even if they don't realize it, an entire round, essentially, or match to be offensive. For you to figure out what their holes are, what the chinks in their armor are, where their defense lacks, where their offense lacks. What are they really going for? Are they only going for a launcher, for example? Okay, are they only going for a low move that juggles? Maybe they don't know all the juggles and the situations of their moves. Whatever, okay? Going into that and understanding, okay, I have a time limit here in my head. You don't have to set an egg timer. You don't have to set the round to 30 seconds. What you have to do is leave it normal, leave it to 60 or 90 seconds, and wait until you're down to like 30 seconds or less, whatever you want to do, and then be offensive. Do Go 100%, okay? Go as hard as you want, or as little as you want, I don't care, and try to get that win. 
even though they have a huge life lead and you are at a life loss, whatever, okay? What this teaches you is how to choose your battles. It also teaches you what the opponent can and can't do. And it also teaches you, uh, in an online or a tournament environment, how to check out the skill of a player. And by doing all those things, it actually makes these lower skill matches more enjoyable for you because you're learning something. You should always be learning something, is essentially what I'm getting at. Now, you know, I, I tell I told everybody this whole long story. I, this isn't the only time I've t- talked about this this week. I had another guy talking to me about it, too, that was actually there. And, um, you know, it. I, I don't know how to explain this without sounding like a dick, but you really... If you're going to go to a public setting to play a game, you have to expect that the public eye is watching you. The eye of Tekken is upon you, okay? It's like the eye of Sauron or something. So if you're if you're sitting on a big screen in a place where there's... At one point, there was like... Had to have been 100 people in this place. It's like a bar, restaurant, game, rec center, okay? People are walking by watching. They were either even putting it on the big screen in the sports lounge area. Some people like watching that stuff on rotation. Cool. So some people are watching fighting games in the, the lounge. That's awesome. If you're going to go to that kind of venue and expect for you to just win every match, you're, you're crazy. That's not what I expected to do by going there. That's not what I wanted to do by going there. I wanted to go there and get frustrated. I wanted to go there and figure out that there was somebody with a character I didn't know that was really good. You know, it just didn't happen, and it sucks. Uh, we're going to continue this in a minute, okay? Thank you. All right, sorry about the interruptions, man. I uh, had to jump in and do take care of some stuff for work. So, uh, we were talking about this game center that we went to and the, uh, the ensuing chaos of meeting players of unequal skill. Um, so, we were talking about different practice options to help you when you're playing people that... Um, maybe just aren't getting it or aren't learning uh, what you're doing because that happens and I'm, and I'm and this is something I have to put out I am not dogging on these players for being bad that's everyone starts somewhere okay you got to be chill with that if you jump into a public forum like this like a, like a public exhibition or whatever and you're playing people you don't know don't be an asshat please don't be an asshat um, you know make it a point to, to show players that you know, that you know what you're talking about, I mean, that's not a problem. You know, make them know, make, let it be known that you know what you're doing. But don't, don't rub it in. Don't laugh at them. Don't, you know what I mean? Just try to do the best you can with what you have. Um, if you feel like you're, what, everything you're suggesting is on deaf ears and they're not going to learn anything, then just practice yourself. Like I was saying, either with time trials or, you know, life races or just trying to get great wins or just trying to get perfects, whatever you want to do. I I don't know. Whatever you think is a good way to practice. Um, For me, I like doing spacing practice because that's like a huge part of Tekken when you get into higher level play is is understanding what your opponent can do and what you can do. Um, Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the best practice for spacing available on these players. Eh, Not necessarily, they're not going to make the best choices at distance, but what they are going to do is constantly throw moves at you, and that will help you with your spacing too, because you'll know after you land a certain attack, can you backdash and see what he whiffs, you know what I mean? Uh, and if you get hit on counter hit out of something, or you're just testing the waters, it's not like they're going to capitalize on it and go for a wall carry and a bunch of damage, you know what I mean? You're, you're able to make mistakes in this 
you know, in this event, in this situation, and do okay. And, you know, that's important, I think, that you need to take advantage of every proper, you know, practice opportunity you have to do the best you can. Now, I'm going to kind of jump off that soapbox and jump onto a new soapbox, which is this new Dissidia game. If you don't know what it is, um, it was a fighting game franchise that came out back in the old PSP era, like 3000 era, old PSP. Um, and what it was is it was basically a action third person fighting game and you had like light attack heavy attack and i think like a projectile or spell attack you could combine them together um you could equip your character with items to give them different boosts and uh you know it was a pretty fun game it was a fun game um it was kind of like a glory battle type thing where you basically had the coolest characters from each final fantasy uh all thrilled into one i think there was like 18 or 20 characters or something uh, originally, I don't, I don't remember. There was a bunch of characters, and it was fun. Um, but you know, they're they're actually re-releasing it. They're well, they're not re-releasing it. They're releasing a new version of the game to the PS4. Now, I don't know if it's coming out on Xbox or on PC or anything like that yet. But I did see some screenshots uh, and a little bit of video of the PS4 version at least, and it looks pretty promising. I mean, the graphics look great. Um, it looks like they worked on a few things. Uh, that were there were problems for me, but I think the biggest thing that that Dissidia needs, in my opinion, is a better skill gap. And what I mean by that is, it's very important in this game to not just have a simple rock paper scissors scenario. You need to have a little more to it. You need to have matchups. You need to have um, ways to counter certain attacks and certain things. And there's really no easy way for you to just scrub it out essentially just mashing the buttons because it's just not effective you know and the sad thing is is that in most fighting games it's not effective but in this game at least in the older versions it could be effective for you to just mash buttons out um there were a few characters that had counters and stuff but they weren't utilized very well and the damage payoff really wasn't that great um you know, it, it was an interesting game. If you've never played it, I highly suggest you look up YouTube or Google it or whatever and check it out. Or if you have an old PSP, definitely go and find a copy. It's a cool game. Uh, they made a sequel to it. I think it was called 2013 or 2012 or something. It was basically an updated version of uh, the original game. They added some characters. They added some stages. They added new like item sequences and new, and new stuff like that. And it, it was a pretty fulfilling game. I liked it. The sequel was better in a lot of ways than the original. Um, however, like I said, going towards this new game, I don't know what, you know, everything that's going to be in the game, but I hope that they fix some of the issues that were in the older games uh, simply because they were just, they were kind of glaring issues. They were kind of dumb. They weren't really well thought out. And I think if they could get it hammered out and set up, it would be a really enjoyable game, especially for console players, like as a party game or, or online. Now, you know, maybe Sony and Square Enix thought that putting it on PSP was the smart way to go because in Japan that was like the big rave is the, the mobile gaming. But I think it really hurt the game uh, for the PSP. I think if it was on PS2, PS3, it would have been a much better... Um, it would be more widely accepted, and I think they could have hammered out more issues and... And things like that but it looks great i'm excited for it uh i wouldn't mind trying it if there's a demo coming out soon i definitely suggest you download it if there is a demo and uh you know and we'll get more into that another time maybe another episode once i get more information but 
Um, that's going to be it for right now. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is the Lefty at the Game Room podcast. Uh, just uh, you know, be sure to check us out on YouTube under the Lefty uh, or also the Game Room. We also have Twitter. You can check us out on Twitter. Uh, I put out pictures of the sticks and arcade cabinet we build. Uh, also, you know, videos of me playing uh, the crazy classic arcade games. And uh, we'll check you out later. Have a good one.